This podcast is proudly brought to you by Nuova Simonelli. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Tampa Tantrum, episode the 74. Um, I'm joined by Colin Harmon. Hello, Colin. Hello. Are you okay, Colin? Your voice sounds a little different. You know, I'm, I've really been feeling unwell these past few weeks. It's, oh. uh, I don't know what it is, but um, yeah, yeah, it's oh. definitely a voice change. It's really weird as well. This voice change has made your company much more pleasurable as well. Oh, well, that's that's a positive side effect, isn't it? It is. Of course, I'm joined by Jen, Jen Ruglo. Hello. Our in-house doer of everything. I guess, is that, yeah. Yeah, I refer to myself as the post-it note queen. I gave you that title, you You remember? did, yeah. Yeah, yeah mm. the very beginning, and it stuck. It has, you like a post-it You do love a post-it note, don't you? <laughs> They're everywhere. You do love a good post You do love good stationery, though, don't you? Yeah, but, you know, I don't I don't have a stationery budget. But if anybody wants to come and speak on Tampa Tantrum or be a guest on here, mm. all they have to do is send you stationery, isn't it, really? Pretty much I'm easily bribable with nice things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like you, you do have a very lovely stationery collection. Thank you. Even without a budget. Do you, do you know who has a better stationery collection than I do? Go on. Your own Katie. Yes. And Katie Glover-Price from Team Has Been. Oh, Kate, Katie does like a, a good bit of stationery too. I can imagine you two geeking out over a stationery catalogue somewhere. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we shouldn't talk about stationery. We're here to talk about coffee. Why are you here and why is Colin not here? Um, I don't know. I, I think it's because it's complicated. Like, it's busy. Is Colin still part of time? Because when was the last time he did a podcast? Mm, December. Oh, he hates us now. <laughs> I don't think he hates us. I think you're super busy. I think he's super busy. I think it's really difficult to get the two of you together for even an hour. Although you were th- you were just there. Um, last week, you were just there doing stuff with the roastery. I was. We've moved roastery, which mm-hmm. has been a absolutely massive project. So those who haven't followed Colin on social media, um, our original roastery was always meant to be temporary. We were only ever going to be there for six, 12 months because the port, which it's in, um, we're planning to build a road straight through the middle of it. Ooh. So when we first moved in, they were like, yeah, you can't be here long. We thought, well, that's okay. It gives us a chance to test the concept, make sure that everything works and is good. And then I think we were there three years. Uh, And they still haven't built the road. And there's still no plans to build the road. (laughs) But you know when you get the point of, like, impending doom is upon Mm -hmm. you and then you're going to have to really react and do something super quick. So I think the idea was to get somewhere, jump before we were pushed. Yeah. so we've gone to an absolutely massive space mm-hmm. uh, in the north of the city. Uh, you'll probably know the area better than I do because I just drive there. Yeah, it's uh, it's near Glasnevin, um, which is a really, it's like one of the northern suburbs. It's actually right near this, uh, one of the biggest cemeteries in the city. And it's uh, some really famous pubs in that area. And Grave Diggers, stuff. I've been told yes, I've got to go to. that's the one. So the Grave Diggers. It's also very near um, a very good coffee shop. Um, I can't remember the name of it now. But it's owned by a couple of guys. Um, oh, uh, Two Boys Brew in That's Fitzburg. the one. Mm-hmm. That's the one. Really good. Like, I went there for brunch um, in between uh, moving grocery stuff. I didn't yeah. move a thing. Um, <laughs> but um, to get me out of the way, I think, so they could move yeah, yeah. things. And um, it was very good. Very, very good. I was super impressed. You know, so it, it kills me because I used to live in Fibsborough, like right around the corner from where Two Boys Brew now is. And then um, I moved to, you know, closer into the city actually and all of a sudden they opened up and it was like oh you mean I could have walked to get coffee and now 
now it's further away again. I mean, of course, I'm closer to other things now, so it's not that big of a deal. But it is. It was just like you're killing me, Smalls. <laughs> I'm sure there'd be a lot of dairy in their brunches, though. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. You, you'd, you'd have to avoid that. So it's probably for the best. And it's very near the prison as well. So when you ever get released from prison, people who are listening in prison, <laughs> it's just up the road. Yeah. It's very handy. Um, but wait, wait. I have to ask because one of the the chief complaints I've had uh, from people who have attended, you know, who have gone to Two Boys Brewers, is about the small plates. Did you get a lot of small plates as side items came to the table? No, yeah, no, just... it was all on a big plate, and it was lovely. I can't remember what I had now, but it was very lovely. Excellent. Um, I, I was most impressed. Um, no, it was good. It was good. So, yeah, I went across for that. Yeah. Um, the, the We're all in there. We're roasting. Everything's going well. The floor is green. The floor is green, which I was very upset about. I bet you were. Yeah. Um, but it's going to be... I mean, it's still a work in progress because mm. we've got the roasting stuff in, but there's a very big office for the wholesale. Um and, and anybody who wants to go to the Aeropress Championships this year, they're going to be having the Aeropress Championships there, so they should uh, cool. go and check it all out. But um, no, that's been very exciting. And, um, and we're also uh, in collaboration with Adam, who mm-hmm. um, was our manager at 3FE. Vibes. Mm, vibes, lots of vibes going on. Yeah. Um, he decided he hated us and wanted to go and open <laughs> his own shop, but then realised he loved us. Mm. Um, so we got in partnership with Adam uh, to open Five Point, yep. which is opening imminently. 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 I keep watching Instagram for when we're actually opening. I'm actually on a WhatsApp group that the date just keeps moving and moving. I'm like, okay, that's that, good. That, that's the way a shop, though, isn't it? It is. It is. But um, that's going to be killer. Yeah. I, I cannot wait for that. And and Hillary of 3FE fame is going to be setting up the kitchen there. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure we'll be doing amazing food there as, as we do. So it's been really exciting. So I understand why Colin isn't here. Yeah. Because he, he does have a, a lot on his plate at the moment. You should have less brunch. <laughs> fewer side plates. Yeah, fewer side plates. Um, but also, you know, Colin's got good news at home as yes. well, and 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 I think he's already announced it out there, so it's not a secret, is it? I don't know. Well, it's not a secret anymore. Okay, I've not... blown his cover. You but, have, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's going to be having an addition. More little feet. Yeah. Yeah, which is very cool. A new I, tiny Harmon. Yeah, it was great when I got when I went across. I got to go and uh, so. The boys, mm. Colin's boys, we, we, we've got this thing that Unky Steve comes. And when <laughs> Unky Steve comes, what it basically means is that mum and dad don't have to do anything, mm. which is very good. Mm-hmm. And then I do everything. Cool. Yeah, so basically they just jump on me and punch me for several hours and then I go home on a Ryanair flight. But I went to pick them up from the <laughs> crash and they didn't know I was coming. Super excited. Aww. Super excited. So, um, yeah, no, they're, they're, they're lovely lads. So um, it's good. Yeah, It's all good over there. Yeah. Um, so, I yeah, and Colin is also, he's writing his book. He's, he is writing a book. I've, been, I've read it. Have you? I've, I've read it from cover to cover doesn't love me anymore no i think what it is that he was looking more for fact checking stuff because mm. i'm referenced a few times of course I? you are which is lovely um but no it's, it's an excellent book i think uh, i think it's going to do really well when it comes out yeah. i really do talk really. to me about this mysterious delivery method Mysterious delivery. Because he was saying that he's gonna he's gonna publish it in a way that is you know makes it easier for people to get to and it's a little bit different mm. from how a lot of coffee books are currently published and. Okay, so first of all, it isn't a coffee book. Okay. I, I mean, if you're in the coffee industry, it's incredibly relevant, but I don't feel it's a a, a coffee book as such. Mm. I think it's much more of a business book. 
Okay. Um, and I also think it's very anecdotal business stuff. So it's not do it this way. Mm-hmm. It's like, this happened to me and I learned something from it. So yeah. you might learn something from it if I share it with you. So it's 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 very, very short chapters. Mm. There's lots of chapters, but in a very short way. And it's not like... Um, I don't want to downplay it by saying it's not analytical because it's very analytical. It really does look at the, 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 the business of running a coffee shop. Yeah. But it's... It's much more in a user-friendly way. It's delivered in a way that you you kind of like... It's like Collins... You know when Collins sits you down and he tells you one of his stories? Mm -hmm. It's very much like that. And I love it because it's written in the way that I like to write. So I can hear him saying it as I'm reading it. Because it's very much the way that he talks. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I think it's going to be... There's nothing else out there like it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, I've read a few kind of how to set up coffee shop books yeah. before and they're very l- long chapters and they're very about profit and loss and stuff like that. And there is that, mm-hmm. but it's like, I don't know, it's different. Yeah. It's going to be, I think it's going to shock a few people. Okay. I know he's had some mixed feedback okay. um, from I- industry people. Right. Um, as in, they were expecting something different, mm-hmm. um, but it's been, on the whole, incredibly positive. Super. I think I may not have, I should have shared that, though. And he got lots of notes from Hoffman. Of course you did. Yeah. They're yeah. besties. They're besties. So, um, no, that, that's very exciting. So that'll be, uh, that's another thing on his plate. Mm. Um, he's also looking at other locations as well. as yeah. So he's just always on the go for that man. Go, go, go. Go, go, go. But you're you're also very much go, go, go with the minute. Like, you're just back from this two-week trip, and you're also writing things. I am. I'm writing things down. Oh, my God. You heard the rumours then. Of course I have. So I I, I kind of decided that uh, if Colin can do it, any idiot can do it. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like a little bit of, you know, uh, comfortable, friendly. Exactly. No, I, I, I've had it. I've had one in me for a while, mm-hmm. but I've been resisting because I didn't want to do what everybody else has done. Yeah. And I haven't found anything that kind of fit in the space of stuff I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, it only has a working title at the moment. I'm probably 20 odd pages in. Okay. Um, it's going to be very photo-led, I think. Okay. Um, and the title, the working title, this isn't the finished title, it is liable to change, but it's called The Has-Been Book of Farmers. Okay. And it's basically just a journal on each person that I, well, not everybody, but a selection of producers that I buy from mm-hmm. um, and the relationship and it's kind of like a little bit about how I met them mm-hmm. and how the relationship grew and yeah. then it's a little bit about their history and how they got involved in coffee and then I've kind of gone for a very much a like a question and answer session section so yeah. you know, kind of stuff who's your influence in coffee mm-hmm. um, you know your favourite coffee varietal and why yeah. um, my favourite question that's come back from people so far is um if you could set up a farm in any other country but your own, where and why? Yeah. And that's been super interesting. Lots of answers I didn't expect. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not giving it all the way. One of the answers from El Salvador was, uh, producer in El Salvador, was Nicaragua. Interesting. And the reason why was that it's just more, it's safer and more secure mm. and... Um, an easier place yeah. to work in. And I, I thought that was really interesting because then I spoke to somebody from Nicaragua who really likes El Salvador because they've yeah. got extra altitude and a wonderful varietal mix. So 
Yeah, it, it, everybody's jealous of everybody else. It uh, seems. The grass is always greener. Indeed, indeed. But that's that, that's not going to be out for a very long time anyway. Yeah. It's still a, a very early work in progress, and I'm trying to do I don't know, a couple of pages a day. Yeah. To to play through, uh, and you know what my writing's like. <laughs> I was going to say that's why it's going to take so long because you haven't let me put the red pen to it yet. Ah, oh, <laughs> sh- oh, sh- moving no, on. No, no, no. no I, 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 so I, for those who don't know, this the reason I do an audio podcast and video podcast is that I, I'm kind of fairly sure that there's a tiny bit of dyslexia in me. Hmm. Um, yeah, I see words a little differently sometimes, so it's very hard. Yeah, it's very hard, but. Um, and it's also really difficult to edit because, mm. like I said about Colin, I very much write in a style that is as I talk. Yes. Uh, and as soon as you start changing it, it doesn't sound very authentic. Mm. Um, so I, I have a, I have a real real battle with that. But it's and a it, love hate relationship with me looking at your work. Yeah, no, I love it because, <laughs> I, 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 you know, and I think the other problem is is I put out so much content. Yeah. Um, that I almost get to the point that you can't ask somebody to read everything that you do because it's just it slows down the content oh, delivery yeah. um uh, so yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to the editing process that's going to be lots <laughs> of fun yeah very pained look on his face now yeah 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 so yeah so what, what's happening in jen's world anyway um well i guess just trying to put things together for this year it's been it's been slower than i anticipated or that i thought but there's some good reasons for that um we do have we just announced an event that we're going to be running in march in conjunction with some new partners oh, wait am i going to somewhere new is it a brand new country i've never been to before tell me it is go on go on Jen. um yeah it's this it's this lovely nordic country called sweden oh yeah, but it's not Stockholm. Yay! It's Gothenburg. <laughs> oh. Yeah, exactly. Um, but <laughs> no. Uh, Sorry, Gothenburgers. I, I actually do like your city. Yeah, he has nothing much. against Gothenburg. He just wants to go somewhere new. And, and, and you know, the, the place we, we found a home for um, happens to be Gothenburg. And it's with our friends at the Bristol League, uh, mm-hmm. which is Steve Maloney, who you and Colin have actually spoken pretty highly about uh, in terms of his competition routine last year. Mm-hmm. You both said that he sort of felt like the most like authentic and actually practicable routine that there was on the stage. Like there wasn't any faffery to it. It was very real. It was very honest. And it was kind of what you both would have wanted out of a Bristol routine anyway. It was the yeah. most interesting. Um, he runs the Bristol League competition, uh, which is a team-based competition. And um, they're really trying to, you know, build a community, make things a lot more sort of approachable, diverse, and, and get people together. And uh, part of this is this year they're running sort of a second day uh, that has like a short little event tag down called a sideline and um, that's a little bit more educational or sort of you know less competition oriented but still is a good chance to get all those same people together and do stuff it's funny that's normally where i get put as well mm. on the sidelines side <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that's cool i mean i i my only experience of the bristol league was when they invited me to mc in mm. um uh, antwerp yeah and um i kind of likened it to my wbc mc in mm-hmm. with beer yeah yeah. It's a good mix. <laughs> Works really well for me. Yeah. And I'm allowed to swear. There you go. Yeah. In fact, I was encouraged to swear. Yeah. So, so that'll be uh, March 26th. We're actually, so we're running sort of like a, a panel discussion. You know, we're sort of moving more into these discussions as opposed to these talks and, and things like that. Um, from about 12 to about half two at Paranorby's Roastery, which I'm really excited about because I've never been to Paranorby's Roastery. Do you know and... I've known Pear for like... 
12 years. Really? Yeah. I, knew, I went on an origin trip somewhere with him back in the day when he was working at... Um, um, who's the one that we're having? The, the Gothenburg roaster. Who, um, uh, who's going to be on the panel? Damateo. Damateo. But actually, I I just got some notice that he's really busy with family at the moment. No. Oh. oh. Yeah. Oh. So that's that's one. Of the Thanks reasons. for keeping me up to date there, yeah. Jen. <laughs> nice to know what's happening. It's uh, communication in Tampa Tantrum is a okay. No, my job is to go and make the thing happen, and uh, it's mostly just been recently trying to get people nailed down. A, I didn't realize this this topic was going to be quite as uh, popular as it is. I sort of like when we when I sat down with Steve and we were talking about what we wanted to do on the Sunday, um, I threw a couple of ideas out at him, and he went, "Yeah, you know what." certifications. Let's do that. I know you've already sort of had, you know, an, an opening discussion with that when you were at Roaster Guild, but I really think it would be really good to dig into it a lot more. And since then, um, there's been a lot of stuff that's come up about certifications recently. Like we've, you know, released Colleen's video, which is, you know, about fair trade certifications and looking into things that way. Um, Sprudge is now running this three-piece series uh, by, I think, Michele or Michele. I, I'm Really sorry, but um, Weissman, um, who... Uh... It's Michael. Michael, is it's it? It's actually Michael. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, because for a long time they were saying Michael Weissman. I was going, is that dude? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a dude. No, no. Uh, Michael Weissman, um, who is, the first installment was, you know, is direct trade fair? Um, so this is really sort of part of a, a broader conversation that I didn't anticipate was going to be taking place right now. Um, so that's kind of cool because it makes me feel like I'm like, you know... On the front foot, and on the other hand, it's um, it's been really interesting trying to, to get people to sit down and talk about the subject because now that there's so much more attention on it, I feel like there's some sort of, like, hesitancy to engage with it because, you know, our goal here is, you know, I think in the past people have the tendency to, you know, sort of pay polite lip service to certifications. Um, specialty and certifications don't really get on, and everybody knows that and uh, sort of, like, acknowledges it but doesn't really dig into it in a in a really honest way or ask sort of the difficult questions like why why don't they get on and uh sort of what's in the way there and where's that animosity coming from and like are there ways that we could work together like and are we actually delivering the things that we promise we're delivering through direct trade um in terms of sustainability and transparency and accountability and all of those things like are we actually doing that or are we just repeating what we've been told by other people because there are some people who are um and there are some people who are just repeating you know like um that came up in actually Michael's piece, which was uh, somebody had said that there was a, you know, they just made their their first direct trade purchase and everyone's like, oh, congratulations, you know, and uh, Trish had sort of reached out and said, well, <clears throat> excuse me, um, like, what makes it direct trade? And he's like, well, I went to go visit the farm and I'm going to sell it as direct trade. And she's like, yeah, but like, are you buying it? Are you paying the the producer directly? Are you paying an importer? Or uh, what happens if the thing that you've asked the producer to do doesn't work and the coffee quality isn't what you expect? Like, you know, what does direct trade mean? Um, and somehow, yeah, it's, it's turned into this big conversation again. Like, I feel like we've stepped back in time and all of a sudden it's direct trade versus certifications. Um, I, I've got to yeah. rewind you, Jen, because you've just said a billion things that uh -oh. I actually want to... <laughs> So the first thing, you, did you see Colleen on Barista magazine? I did. How cool is that? Because you mentioned Colleen and yeah. I saw her on there and I was just like, yay! Um, 
Second, uh, Sweden and certifications. Mm. Um, I think in Sweden, my experience, which is vast now, vast experience. <laughs> um, now I'm getting to know more kind of being... Certifications are a massive thing there still. Yeah. Like organic certifications that we kind of forget, yeah. but like Utz Cafe, mm. um, you've got the whole uh, rainforest, and there's a, there's still a heap on fair trade. Yeah. Um, and, and, and the certification thing is definitely a real issue uh, in those countries. And I think it's a lot to do because... The culture is so established there for coffee mm. and the players are so established there for it and they've been relying on it for so long, they've made such a noise about it. Yeah. Um, and, and it is a thing about the Nordic countries that, you know, they're nicer, mm-hmm. they're kinder. And they want to do the right. No, it's true. I yeah, mean, yeah. They, as I, you know, um, I was <laughs> I was talking to somebody yesterday about uh, about the the Nords, and you know, for people that went around raping and pillaging for thousands of years, <laughs> they kind of got it all out of their system really yeah, early, yeah. Uh, and now they you know they're almost the the opposite side of it, and. Um, so I think that that's definitely a factor in there. Um, the direct trade thing, like, is. <laughs> 2009 I think I think I, I did my blog post on yeah. direct trade sucks that it's still the most viewed thing on my blog mm. um, I, like, I look at the metrics for it and it still gets so many hits yeah. um, talking about you know like this direct trade word is so vague and so different and so, so like I'll give you a for, for instance I've been buying from um, let's, let's think of the, one of the countries that I've done it with recently so um, Bolivia yeah I've been buying directly from Bolivia for many years, mm. but I use an exporter. So that exporter is actually the farmer. Yeah. But, like, to get coffee out of Bolivia is impossible. Mm. Like, it's a landlocked country with lots of different laws and lots of hassles and lots of difficulties with money. So I use the... He's an exporter as well that sends the coffee. Yeah. I know exactly how much each of the producers is getting. We discuss the price, mm-hmm. like, because he works with, he, he runs the mill as well that other producers will deliver to. Right. So there's a completely transparent model there. Yeah. But I give it to him to then do the bits on the ground. Mm-hmm. But this year I've done it a little bit differently where I've actually, I've used an importer to bring it in. Okay. But when they've brought, all they're doing is, so... Banking in the the world has collapsed, you know. Lending money and having credit lines is a thing of the past. It doesn't happen. So all of my direct trade purchases in the past have been done with my own cash flow. Mm-hmm. My cash flow is it's 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 kind of tough at the moment with the whole currency issues and all the rest right. of it. So I've taken advantage of saying to the importer, this is the price, this is the contract, this is what you're doing, you're paying. They then do the documents, it arrives in the UK and I pay them as it arrives in the UK. So it gives me 30 days credit, mm-hmm. 30 to 50 days credit, depending on the shipping time, for it to land, for me to get the money together, which just eases the whole cash flow thing. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm basically using their credit line, but does that mean I'm now buying from an importer? Yeah. I don't, like, I don't know, and I don't want to know, to be honest. What I know is that the producer's getting a good price, um, that we both agree is fair, yeah. and we're working together to continuously improve quality and to, um, you know, to, to, to basically make everybody's lives better. Yeah. Um, but does that, and also, like, I really get annoyed when the certification becomes the most important part. We, mm-hmm. buy, we buy two, three containers of Brazils every year. Yeah. Through an importer, yeah, who manage the relationship, who look after the people, who do great. Do I know how much that producer gets for every pound of coffee that they sell to the importer? Yes. Yeah. Do I have I met them? Do I know them? Have I got a really good relationship with the people? Yes. But 
I, I don't get involved in the actual um, negotiations. That's between the importer and the the farm. And then I know it at the end. And if I don't agree with that price, I don't buy it. Yeah. So there's a the, the, there's an input with the import saying, look, I don't I don't want you to rip them off. I don't want you to mm-hmm. do this. But I, I, know, I want these coffees and I want to make sure you secure them at a good price. And then I hand it over to them and then they come back to me and say, we did this. And I go, yeah, great. Or I go, no, no, that's not good. And, yeah. and so... And then do you check in with the farmer afterwards and make sure that they've actually got the money that was agreed exactly. on, on I ha- time I ha- and at that price? Exactly. And, yeah. I have the clear communication channels with the producers yeah. that, that are also friends, yeah. you know, that you make sure that they're doing the things that they do. Mm. Um, and do I do that with everyone every year? No. But do I do that periodically, sporadically, when I feel that it's time to check. Like, I haven't checked since, you know, 2015. Maybe mm-hmm. it's time to change, check again. Yes. But, like, it doesn't need to be... Some, because also there's an element of trust that comes in. Yeah. And I think that's the that's the ultimate part. Like, instead of direct trade, we should have trusted trade, mm. where there's actually trust between everybody that you... And this goes to the consumer as well. Yeah. So part of that blog post I did back in the day was about, do you know what? You're just going to really have to trust me on this and I'm doing a good job. Yeah. Um, and if you don't trust me, maybe you shouldn't buy from me. Yeah. And if you want to check my trust, you know, you want to drop me an email, give me a call. Like when you see me, talk to me about it. And I will literally give me an example. Give me a coffee now and I'll tell you all about it. And I'll tell you exactly what they got paid. And this is how transparent it is. But it may be that I didn't use a traditional method of that direct trait. And actually, I don't really like the word. Yeah. yeah. Like it kind of sucks. Like, and and I I like the idea of the relationship. And in a relationship, there is trust. And in the relationship, there is... um, you know, you, 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 there's there, there's comeback for your actions. Yeah. Um, because there is also another element. If you don't pay the price, there's a million buyers out there waiting to bite your heels off. Yeah. If you're not going to do the right thing, yeah. like it's not how it was 10 years ago. Yeah. where turning up to Origin was quite unusual. You know, people are walking around Origin willing to pay crazy prices uh, for 20 bags. And when you're paying the crazy prices for 20 bags, that that farmer or that farm or that exporter will find a way of getting it to you. Yeah. Um, so it, it's competitive. It's, it's, it's not just the, oh, you know, the poor farmer with his donkey and no shoes in a field somewhere mm. being ripped off. It's, yeah. it's not that at all. It's business. Um, and... I, I yeah I think we get really het up in it all. Yeah. So. So um, that bodes well, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, I'm I'm really looking forward to the uh, to the discussion because I think although I'm not I'm not looking for I'm actually dreading it now. Why? Because as a as a as a moderator. Oh, you can't. You, you don't have opinions. <laughs> I <sighs> I think it's fair that as the moderator here, and this I mean we've always. We've always had a voice that's maybe a little bit more uh, honest, mm-hmm. abrasive. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Rude. <laughs> <laughs> that we we don't shy away from from that sort of thing. Like, and so I don't think there's any there's any reason for us to start now. And in fact, I think that's part of the driving force behind why Steve and the Bristol League asked us to come and do this. Particularly is because you know maybe we can push past that sort of polite lip service mm. um, and actually look at it a bit more. And you know, so the other thing that we are trying to do with this is include voices um, along the whole coffee chain. So. Is it possible for us to fly producers out? No, but 
we are sourcing videos from producers at the moment, um, asking them some really open-ended, unbiased questions about growing and selling their coffee, um, what's important to them, and uh, and and like how they were introduced to the idea of different trading models um, and what they want for their farm in the future. Mm-hmm. And uh, going to be including those a little bit and and trying to get people from um, you know different different pathways there. So, you know, somebody who can speak to maybe that direct trade idea, but maybe not in that sense. Um, And then also, you know, people who are trying to fill the gaps of like, you know, understanding the point of certifications, but not liking all of the paperwork that goes along with it um, and instituting some of their own practices uh, to try and meet that need. Looking at people like yourself who are interested in maybe a different kind of certification or putting a different label on things to explain it better. Um, and then also, I mean, trying to to get a hold of a couple of actual certifying bodies to come and talk about what it is that they do and why. Because, you know, the other bit of it is that we because there is that sort of animosity between the two, uh, specialty coffee and certifications and, you know, fair trade, or, organic and all that stuff, that you, you're not... Uh, like trying to get someone to engage with that and and have that open honest conversation can be a little bit difficult because they they automatically assume that there's going to be a lot of animosity there, um, so yeah I like we're still we're still trying to like you know slot some people into some places and and make things fit together but I think on the whole. Um, it's going to be really different to anything that we've ever done, actually. Mm. Even though we've already sort of had like the beginning of this conversation at RGE, um, but also just be really interesting like I'm, I'm really curious to get some of these videos in and and ha- include the voices of producers that you know otherwise kind of get left out of barista events sometimes mm-hmm. no that's good um have you read uh god in the cup michael wiseman's book oh god i'm gonna look terrible now no i haven't oh. i've heard it's very good and and actually i read this bit and i thought you know what it's it's time to go back and do a lot of the coffee reading that i've missed it's out on the on. bookshelf of- yeah, uh, in the office. Yeah, you, you're very welcome to borrow, borrow it. it. Yeah, um, it's. I, oh, this is going to sound terrible. I don't think it's a great coffee book. Mm. I, I I think some people come out of it incredibly badly. Yeah. Um, um, good people, good people who have done amazing things in the industry, um, particularly. Um, uh, Dwayne from Stumptown mm-hmm. yeah. came out of it looking very, and that's not Dwayne. Mm. Like I, 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 I've known Dwayne since two thousand and five. He, he's, he, I mean, I haven't spoke to him recently at all because he kind yeah. of disappeared off the map. But he is the loveliest guy, and pretty much disappeared off the map as this book came out. Yeah, uh, and I think that he was a massive loss to specialty coffee. The book was nowhere near enough again to fill the shoes of the man that we lost because of it. Mm. Um, and it may not be because of it. I'm, I'm just, I'm putting, looking at one and yeah, yeah, yeah. two plus two and coming up with five maybe. But, um, but also, um, I don't know. It's a little bit of a novel. Yeah. Um, and a little bit of a novel is good if it's a novel, yeah. but it's got real people in it. Yeah. Um, and uh, you threw the article at me uh, as we <laughs> literally a minute and a half before we pressed record, so I haven't <laughs> read it, but I'm really hoping that the writing of this is different to God in a Cup. Mm. Um, and I understand why it was done that way because it was... It, he was basically trying to make it a popular book, I feel. I think yeah. it was about, you know, these guys going into... And it was guys. It was definitely mm-hmm. a dude thing. You know, dudes going into the the forest and trawling through to find coffee in the yeah. far reaches of nowhere. And coffee, coffee, you know, coffee, green coffee buying isn't like that at all. I've stopped in some amazing hotels with very, very lovely comfy beds <laughs> and jacuzzi baths, you know, while... Yeah. going out and buying coffee. Not always. Mm. I, I have stopped in some grim places, but it was very much on that, like, um, 
Have you ever seen? Uh, have you seen the uh, what's his name? The guy uh, Kaloum, um, uh, the the roaster in the US who uh, did the Dragon Brewer. I'm terrible with names. Today. Oh my goodness! You know who I mean. I know who you mean, but yeah, I, yeah. He, did, he did the Discovery Channel program, yes. the, the yes, Coffee yes, Hunter. Yes, yeah. Have you ever seen that? Mm-mm. Oh, it's fantastic. When he gets underneath the car to keep warm yeah. uh, at night, and I'm just thinking, why don't you sleep in the car? It's much warmer in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, actually, that's something that Michael talks about in the article, is this idea of, like, the white saviour trawling through the jungle to find the stuff, and how, like, yeah, it's... Yeah. There are some people she, she who did still... Kinda, have... She did kind of perpetuate that myth in a book, though. <laughs> <laughs> but how, like, that that's actually now become the narrative, which is like, oh, we're going to go save this poor coffee farmer. And it's like, no, you know, and that's actually not what real... Completely off topic, Jen. Yeah. But did you see Roland's picture in Kenya? I did. Roland of Africa. I know. Like, like, I'm sorry. No, I know, I know, I know. So so Roland, who works for me, uh, went to Kenya with me this year. And and it's actually his normal attire, but he looked very much like the colonialists coming back to Kenya to save them from themselves in his linen suit. It's a very nice linen suit. And and, and it's a linen suit. He's worn in this country, and I've poked fun at him then as well, but he did look like the man from Del Monte. Um, <laughs> but no, it is that that, that narrative it, it has, it's a very popular one because mm. it's very easy for the consumer to get. Yeah. You know, it's very easy for them to, to see, oh, you're going out there trawling, finding these green, you know, these these farmers that can't find. And, and farmers just aren't like that. Yeah. Um, I'm sure some are, mm. but it's like every... It's, it's, it's like saying coffee shops are mm. all like, you know, um, uh, I don't know, trying try to think of a high-end coffee shop that really, you know, that, that, like, that does that thing, the exact brewing. And, and I'm, yeah. I'm just, I'm, like Venice Beach Intelligentsia, for instance. Yeah, yeah. That super cool, like there's greasy spoons, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 and coffee farmers are exactly the same. They're diverse, wide, and come from very different backgrounds. Yeah. Um, and some of them... Go hunting for green buyers. I'd love to see. I'd love to see that book actually. <laughs> yeah, like the the, yeah. the, the well-educated uh, coffee farmer going out to find the green buyer. I'd love to see that one yeah. as, as turned around. Maybe I could be the uh, I could be the poor little green buyer looking to go. be saved by the farmer with his amazing coffee beans. I think that's very accurate, actually, for for some of the farms and especially like some of the the really big names that are that are now there. You know, you've got producer rock stars. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, and, and, and I'm not saying that they don't have uh, business challenges either because yeah. that would be very naive to say. Yeah. But it's not that one-way street. Mm. Like, it really isn't. Like, the amount of times that I've been bummed out by producers because they've got a better offer somewhere or you've lost a relationship because I didn't work hard enough at it and somebody else saw the, the chance and they cheated on me, yeah. you know? It's like... it. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's, it, it, like, it's like real-life relationships. And it's never a one-way street in a relationship. Yeah. It's, it, it's definitely a two-way thing. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited that it's being talked about again. I'm, I'm distressed that we're looking for our own certifications. That does distress me. Mm. Um, it's kind of like seeing what the, you know, the 
the big boys are doing and trying to cut. It's like having the coffee shop that looks like the third place Starbucksy place, yeah. and Starbucks trying, you know, opening the roastery place yeah. in Seattle and trying to look like the cool kids. And I really just wish that we could get to a place where we're all comfortable in our own skins and agree that we're all different and we're doing different stuff. I think. I mean, I agree. It would be nice if we got to a place, but I think it's coming from. It's not coming from a, like wanting to be like the big boys. It is more that the people who are. Uh, really focusing on the sustainability, the transparency, the accountability, like those relationships want to have a way to say, this is what we're doing that other, that they can put that stamp on it and say, yes, like we are, we are focused on these things. And just because someone else says that they are, doesn't mean that they are. And I guess some of that comes from like uh, transparency reports and things like that. See, I, I see uh, transparency reports. I, I actually really don't like. I was going to ask yeah. you about that actually, because I, I did one. Did you? I actually did it. I finished it. I completely put it all together. Yeah. And it's never been published. Huh. And and I, I, I kind of sat there and read it and I thought, well, first of all, why am I doing this? Mm. Like, do I feel like I'm not doing it? Do I feel like I need to prove something to somebody that I'm doing a good job? Yeah. And, 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 I, and I felt that was my motivation for doing it. Yeah. It was kind of like, look at me, I'm a really good. But also it means something very different to different sized businesses and it means something very different to the consumer. Mm. So... And take a take a for instance, and and I applaud him for doing it because he led the way doing it. This is not a slight on him at all. Mm-hmm. But Tim Wendelbow's report, I think he's it's really good. It's very clear. He has a handful of coffees that he buys every year that he puts in there. Like I don't know how much he's roasting them, but I asked him at the time, and it was it it, it was not a, not a, an insignificant amount. But yeah. I think Tim will be the first to admit he doesn't. You know, he's not he, he doesn't. You know, we roast things still, first of all. So it it's a much smaller amount. Now, if I'm buying I don't know, three, four containers a year, mm. it's much easier to have to pay those prices for those coffees. And he's looking for something very specific for mm-hmm. the customers that come into his shop. He's not necessarily looking for the coffees that his customers want. Yeah. I think that would be fair to say that Tim Tim looks for what he wants and hopes his customers want it. Yeah. So that's a very different thing. You know, you when you so you're buying I, I'm trying to think of some of the numbers in there that were there, but like you know, fifty bags or a hundred bags. Yeah. That's a very different price. Like I have negotiations with farmers where we sit there and say, "How much do you want?" And they'll say, "I want ten dollars a pound." I'll say, "Great, I'll take two bags." Mm-hmm. And then they'll say, "Okay, well, uh, I want four dollars a pound." And I'll go, "Great, I'll take a hundred bags." Yeah. And then they say, "Well, I want you to buy a container." And then we start talking three fifty, mm-hmm. you know, three twenty-five a pound. And you know, it's about the volume that you're buying. Mm-hmm. But it's also, it's a, how does that translate to a customer? So they pick it up and they go, you're paying $3.25. So, so, so take one of Tim's one. I remember one of the Columbia's he was paying, he was paying $5 a pound, which is an excellent price, and I applaud him mm. for it. So $5 a pound, uh, so that's, that, that's going to be a pound of coffee in the store. You know, how much is that going to cost? Yeah. $15, $20? well why are you making all of that money and it's not as simple as that because that's an FOB price it's not in a bag it's not roasted it's Mm -hmm. not imported it's not cash flowed it's not running a business it's not making a profit Mm -hmm. so and and then a five dollars a pound for a Colombian looks great but five dollars a pound for a Kenyan looks awful yeah so they say why are you paying more for your Kenyans and then you have to have a conversation about cost of production and all of these other factors that come in and then if you buy Brazil's you're never going to pay $5 a pound for a Brazil unless yeah. it's exceptional. You know, you're going to be looking in that 3 to $4 a pound kind of bracket, regardless of the amounts that you're buying, because that farm's going to produce 4,000 bags, 10,000 bags. Yeah. 
So it's just such a complex... You, you end up answering a question that we're doing a good price, paying a good price to the farmer, and open a whole other can of worms that is like, why are you, you know, why are you doing that? And the other problem I had was I looked at, for instance, I'm not going to use names, but two farmers in El Salvador that we buy from. Mm. One has a, a farm that is uh, around about 25 bags in total. Mm-hmm. It's a very small farm, so very high cost of production. Is a number of times Cup of Excellence winner. Has a reputation that, like, everybody wants to buy his coffee. It's highly in demand. He does all of his own processing to an incredibly high standard Mm -hmm. and has the flexibility to do whatever you want him to do. He's experimental. He's playing with what he's doing. So he's commanding a much higher price for his 20 bags than a farm that I'm buying 300 bags from. Mm. And I kind of thought, well, how is that going to sit with them when they download my transparency report and see that their neighbours getting 150, 175 a pound more? Mm. It's not as simple as saying those things to them. You're saying, but you like my coffee. Yes, I do like your coffee. But it sits in a different place. Mm. And, and I'll pay that price, but buy 20 bags. But it just creates a, you know, why is he getting that? Why is he getting that? And the other problem, the final problem I see with the the, 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 the reports is that it's... Okay, I look at your roaster A and I'm roaster B. Okay. And I look at your transparency report and I see you've got a coffee that I love and you're paying $3.50 for it. <laughs> and I go, hello. Yeah. Hello, farmer. I'll pay you four fifty. Mm. And maybe that's how it should be. Mm-hmm. But selfishly, I want that coffee for me. And maybe I'm building up to that 450. Maybe I'm getting to a place where mm-hmm. I want to get there. But because you've got more buying power than me, yeah. or I've got more buying power than you... You can go ahead and do that. You right go away. ahead and dive in. And actually, it's a marketing budget. Yeah. You know, It comes into a big roaster coming in with a marketing budget, wanting that coffee, knowing exactly how much you pay for it, and going in and buying it. I just... I, I, like... If you want to have a conversation with me about it, ask me. Don't expect me to write a report to you and send it to you. Like, I will quite happily talk all day about how much we pay for a coffee from a producer and, and you know what the relationship is, what we do, the quantities that we buy in. Mm. But I don't necessarily want to put that on a document on the web for everybody to download and have you know yeah. kind of using a you know in a like in a way that isn't good. Yeah, because you're lacking the context. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and it is. It's context. It's and for consumers. I don't know if they'll get it. Mm. So yeah, it's. I applaud people who are doing it. It's very brave. Yeah, it's very very brave. It's it's kind of taking all your clothes off and standing in the middle of the road, mm. mm-hmm. you know. And and that's. It is a transparency report. It is a transparency report, but um, yeah, I I I, th- I think business is more complicated than that. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think it comes down to a bunch of numbers that you paid. Yeah. So, um, yeah that's my take on it. Huh. There's a lot to dig into there. Oh, jeez. I'm going to get loads of hate mail, aren't I? No, no, no. I, I think it's really interesting because I've always seen the work that you do as being very much in line with those companies that put out transparency reports, mm. that you make sure that the money goes back to the people and you have the good relationships and you're constantly... Like, it is not... Like, when you talk about... So I, I had to laugh because when I was reading Michael's article, he talks about, you know, um, you know, first-time green buyers going and, and taking pictures with their new friends, their new best friends, and all this stuff. And I was like, well, Steve goes and takes pictures with his friends, but, like, they're genuinely his friends. Like, mm. like you... You chat with Ali like you know once every every. I was talking to him last night. Yeah, like like <laughs> like you genuinely talk 
to people, and and you have quite a large roster of producers uh, that you work with, but you you keep up. That's one of the reasons why you're so freaking busy all the time. You got emails and phone calls and checking in with people, and like I I know for a fact that there are times when you ask someone to try something and maybe it doesn't work, it still comes in anyway. You still buy it, like yeah. that that's pre agreed, or maybe the money's even paid up front. You know, like so you're doing that work, but. Um, the transparency report isn't there, and and so I was I was always really curious about why that was, and it's a really interesting one as well. That, that it's so. For instance, we buy uh, a coffee from uh, Kenya. I, I talked about it in the Kenya monologue. Yes. So Kieni. Yeah. Kieni is one of the mills. I'm super proud of what we do there, and we pay we pay a very good price. I think I think it's five twenty five a pound mm. for anybody who wants to go and steal some. They've got some coffee left over, and I want people to pay five twenty five for it. But like that's a headline figure five twenty five a pound. Yeah. And I think in the context of specialty coffee, it's a, it, I don't think it's a, an amazing price. Yeah. I think it's a solid good price. Yeah. Um, but, like, what does that mean to the guy who delivers his cherry there? Because yeah. the co-op could be paying 65 shillings per kilo of cherry, yeah. which lots of the co-ops I visited were. But I went there and it was 90 shillings, mm-hmm. which was by far the highest I found. That, to me, is more of a headline figure, that these guys are paying 90 shillings to the people who deliver cherry to their factory, yeah. uh, who are part of that cooperative. That means something. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean anything 95 kilos for cherry, well, how much is left after the cherry's taken off. Mm-hmm. That doesn't impact on your, the price of the bag on your shelf because we do have to all make money. We do have to make sure that we can pay all the people who work for us and, 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 and all of those things. So, like, all of a sudden it's a little bit vaguer, mm. but it's actually what the producer's getting, which is a better one for the consumer. Yeah. Um, so, you know, is the cherry price going into the transparency reports? Is how much a worker's getting paid to be on the like, on yeah. the farms that have farmers? Are, are the people who work there happy to work there? Are they, I mean, that's why I go on my trips, is to see the people who work there. Are they happy? Is there, a good, is there vibes on the farm? <laughs> you know, is, uh, are they friendly when you go on there? These are really good indicators that the people they're working for are good people. Yeah. Just paying a headline price to an already rich landowner yeah. doesn't make any difference at all. Yeah. It's how does it impact the community. Yeah. Um, I, 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 it's like it's a rabbit hole of complexity, and it's difficult. Yeah. And I, I think just doing a certification or doing a report or doing a photo with a producer with your arm round and mm. going my new best isn't enough. Yeah. Um, it is about having the relationship with people that you manage and maintain over a very long period of time, and. Um, yeah, if if you go back every year and don't pay a good price, why? Why are they selling to you? Yeah, like that. That that for me is the. First, I don't think anybody in specialty pays a bad price. Yeah, and I think the whole reason that the certificate, well, the whole reason the certifications were made and the people who benefit the most from them was for the commodity growers, the commodity buyers. Yeah, and the commodity buyers created the market for them by planting in Vietnam, making the coffee price crash in the 80s, Fair Trader was born, and the people who benefit the very most from those certifications now are the commodity buyers. Yeah. It kind of sucks. And it sucks in a way that people think they're doing a good job buying fair trade when all they're doing is maintaining poverty. They're not helping anybody to get out of it. They're maintaining a level of you'll be able to eat tomorrow, Um, not you'll be able to plant something tomorrow or expand your business tomorrow or and 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 also you know this it's so 
transient as a buyer for that kind of coffee. It's yeah. because of the way that it's sold as, you know, you have to be a co-op of 50 farmers, you have to be this, you have to be that, you have to be certified, people have to come and check your farm out and yeah. all of those things. And and that's expensive mm-hmm. um, and doesn't necessarily pay the rewards. So, But I want to talk about organic certifications. Okay. And what, what's your take on organic certifications? So it's interesting because... Um, one of the other projects we're doing, I'm, I'm going to sidetrack a little bit and we're going to come back to organic okay. certifications, is that um, obviously it's really important, I think, for us to hear more producer voices. So um, we are in the process of putting together like little segments of of producers, like sort of updating us on like what's happening on their farm, like what's impacting their farm right then. And uh, our first sort of person that we're going to be checking in with on sort of a regular basis is is obviously your friend, Allie. Oh, that's a voice nobody needs to hear. <laughs> I want to hear about the biodynamic gnomes. But um, it's interesting because uh, in asking people about these certifications uh, and, like, for these videos for the thing in Gothenburg, organic has come up a lot because, obviously, that's quite important in Sweden. Um, And... I said to to a couple of people, I was like, well, I know that you're using sort of organic practices, but are you certified? And the answer was no. And well, why not? And uh, some of the responses to that I'm getting are really, really, really interesting. They're not what you think. It, it this, is, this is why I wanted to ask you. Yeah. Because I, I, I have exactly this. It's, for me, it's like the certification is like putting a pair of handcuffs on mm. and, and then trying to do a barista routine. Yeah, you know, makes it really hard, and and means that you're going to drop points, yeah. and you're not going to do as well as you would if your hands were free, and and you're exactly right. Like, I, it's kind of like rip my mind with that one because we haven't <laughs> talked about this, but like, I would love to see a certification that says organic principles, mm. because sometimes it is necessary to use something that may not fit in that organic model. And also, it may be that the farm is not of the right size or has the right climate mm-hmm. um, and always impossible to grow without some kind of input. Yeah. Um, and But on the whole, they're following these organic principles. Yeah. And I do think there's a real gap there for for something yeah. that is we we try to be organic, you know, but. You know, there are occasions we we would do. So I always I always say to people when they talk about you know, using chemicals, I actually oh we 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 don't want to use because you don't want us to use chemicals, do you? And I'm like, no, but I want you to use as little as you have to. Like mm-hmm. no, you know, as much as you need, but as little as you you mm-hmm. have to. Yeah. Um. Because why would you tie somebody's hands like that? Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think it's uh, it, again another rabbit hole. Yeah. For sure. Well, I, I, I am looking forward to getting these videos in, like I said, and seeing what people have to say about it because it, and it even, it, it's not even just that, like there's, there's the rabbit hole goes deeper. It, it also comes down to sort of like marketing one's coffee, which is that, you know, the people I want to sell to don't prize or like, you know, think highly of the organic certification. And so if I certify my coffee, I might actually lose my best customers. It's really interesting. Um, so anyway, yeah, I think I think it, we are generally just going to fall down a pretty big rabbit hole um, on that Sunday in Gothenburg, and and over the course of the next few months as we get sort of updates from people and and uh, see what's happening on the farm. Come to Gothenburg. 
Yeah. Uh, tickets are 90 kroner, which is about 950 euro. Wow. So they are super duper 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 cheap. They include a light lunch, refreshments, coffee. Like It's about 10 English pounds. Yeah, it is. Like We're there for you know, two and a half, three hours. We've got a bunch of stuff going on. There are going to be super cool people there. Like It's really... It's about $12. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So anyway, um, tickets are available now. We're going to be releasing program details uh, probably within the next week or so. As soon as we just, you know me, I always like to like double and triple and quadruple confirm people uh, before yeah. we actually release anything for exactly the reason why we saw earlier. Um, but uh, yeah, so that that's happening and uh, you should come, come join us. I might. Yeah, good. Thanks. <laughs> I appreciate that. I'll have to get a train. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm in Sweden a lot next month. Yes, you are. Mm. I'm going to be roasting. <laughs> oh my gosh, how long has it been? <laughs> how did you turn them on again? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we uh, are joking on that. We, had, you know, we had the gadget show. Yeah, in on the, yeah. Uh-huh. On, uh, we had, so there's a TV program in the UK called the Gadget Show that came to. We evaluated some home espresso machines, um, Ooh, which yay. was which was fun, um, and um, they wanted some shots of me standing at the roaster and stuff. And they said, "Oh, can you turn it on and fire it up?" And I was like. Um, I think so. <laughs> I did it though. It was okay. okay I managed good, it. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So um, e by gum didn't have to come save you. No, no. Very sad. Benjamin's Benjamin's leaving us a drop uh, to yeah. go to pastures new. So um, in the in the the, the handover period, we mm. we have somebody new starting with us, and uh, very soon. But I'm going to be. Assistant roaster, I think, will be my oh, proper title. Okay. I'll probably just end up packing. I was just going to say, yeah. you mean head packaging? Probably, probably. <laughs> head but yes, box that's, maker. That's, that's going to be fun. I'll spend a little bit more time in Sweden. But, yeah, uh, there you go. Yeah, that's going to be... Practice your Swedish. Nej, inte tala svenska. Yeah. Shoulder pattern. Oh, I'd love the shoulder patterns. They're so cool. Yeah. Um, so what else have we got to talk about, Jen? Um, I mean, I guess just, like, the stuff that's been been going on but that's i mean we've we we finally are putting out manchester videos so that's that is up and happening um the second video which actually had the guests there uh the, the first three guests that we had uh went out this past monday mm-hmm. um and then we'll put out the second bit of that uh a week after you hear this the second bit got quite raucous didn't it a little bit yeah, yeah. actually i was watching <laughs> as i was putting out uh, last week's video it was like gosh the term MILF got dropped a lot in that video. Did it? A lot, a lot, a lot. And I guess that's what happens when you give people beer and then ask them to come up and talk about uh, running coffee shops in the north of England. I didn't bring it up, did I? No, it wasn't you. Oh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> I, I'm try- For everybody out there, I'm trying to work on my inappropriateness. You're doing, I think you're doing really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah good, good. Yeah. That's very good. Yeah. I, I, my, my New Year's resolution of trying to be nice to everybody is yeah. working well as well. I'm, it is, I've been yeah. really working on that. Yeah. Do you know what my other one was? Don't to, remember. To reply to people on WhatsApp. Okay. Because yeah. I don't use WhatsApp. I'm actually uh, being very good at using the WhatsApp. Well, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Doing well. Mm. Halfway through February. Halfway through th- February, yes. Yeah. Holding it together. Yeah. And then uh, after Manchester, we have uh, the Roaster Guild stuff is coming out. So finally, all of that all of that stuff will be coming out from when we were in Estonia. That seems like a lifetime ago. It really was, honestly. Wow. Um. So many things happened since then. Yeah. Right. Well, I think we're we're running we're running pretty much out of things to talk about, and I think we're running out of time as well. We're yeah. trying to keep these things under an hour, aren't we? Trying. Yeah. Well, we I think we've done doing. pretty good. Yeah. We're like 50, 50 odd minutes. Yeah. So, um, 
thank you very much for joining me, Jen. Aw, thanks for having it's me, It's been Steve. lovely to have you. Yeah. You're so much nicer than Collie. Aw. But I say that to Collie, you're so much nicer than Jen. I know. That, well, actually, that's probably more honest than the No, first. no, it's not. No, you're lovely. We, mm. we, 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 I always enjoy our little chats because I, I get to rant at you more. Yeah, and there's no red pen involved either. There's no red pen involved. Mm-hmm. Thank you all for listening. Uh, we look forward to joining us uh, next time. And yeah. uh, over and out. Thanks for listening to this podcast. It's proudly brought to you by Nuova Simonelli.